Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Sure Top Roofing presents the Carolina Contractor with your host, Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And happy Memorial Day weekend. Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show. I'm Eric Smith. And with us, as usual, is our host, Donnie Blanchard from Sure Top Roofing. Happy Memorial Day weekend, Donnie. Hey, same to you, sir. And it's going to be a warm weekend, but you'll probably still be outside. One thing you can do if you're outside this weekend is look at your roof, because even though that hailstorm that came through was a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. very important to check possible damage on your roof. Some of you may have had damage and had a insurance estimate come through. This is probably the time to contact SureTop Roofing, or you'll do a check to see if they have any damage. We do. We like to verify that sometimes before you call the claim in, but a lot of folks just are aware that hell was present, and they've already got the claims process started. And if you go to the carolinacontractor.com website, you can listen to last week's show where we talked about hail damage and things you need to look for. And again, SureTopRoofing.com if you need some help from Donnie and his staff. We also had Velux Skylights, a rep in last week, and my wife looked at their website and said, I want to get some of these. These were very nice. <laughs> and also answered some questions. And you can submit your own questions at TheCarolinaContractor.com, and we'll answer some of the questions listeners have sent in a little bit later. But this is the official beginning of summer, Memorial Day weekend. It's also the beginning of summer jobs for kids this time of year. It is. The heat is upon us, and uh, I'm glad that we had as much of a spring as we did. I think last fall was pretty much non-existent where spring fed into winter around here, and uh, we've just been able to get a lot of good fishing time in with the family last weekend, and that's something my son and I enjoy together. And speaking of that summer job, he actually finished his exams early, so he started his summer job before school even let out. I was really proud of him, but uh, as a father, I was also nervous as to how he might perform, and he did great. So he uh, he actually went to work for my father for the summer, which is the same thing I did at his age, and my father is a footing subcontractor, so this is no easy-peasy job. Uh, a lot of people don't really give a footing as much consideration as they should, but it's probably the most important part of the house if you consider that it's one of the first pieces and everything else stacks on top mm-hmm. of the footing beyond that. So you have your foundation and framing that could all be affected by a footing that's out of level. But what these guys do is they show up to the job and they're normally the second person behind the surveyor. They will actually go by the surveyor's pins and they will dig the perimeter and the internal piers of that. They excavate it. It has to get an inspection and then they pour concrete in there and sometimes they can do all that in one day. So uh, he worked a nine and a half hour day and my (laughs) father called me later that day and just said he did an outstanding job. He outworked a guy that's been there for about a year. So I was really proud Uh of him and he had eight blisters to show for that. So that was maybe some sort of rite of passage to manhood for him. But uh, proud papa moment for you. It was. It was. And I just liked the look on his face when he came home that evening. And, you know, just uh, to trade your time for a service and to be paid for that, it just gives a teenager a sense of value. So I'm all about that. Yeah. My son, not quite the same age, be able to do a job as yours is, but I still make him mow the lawn and and do things like that. Another thing my son likes to do for Memorial Day weekend, we started this a few years ago, Uh but we put flags out Saturday morning 
on the front curb of our house. You can get them just about anywhere. We go, mm-hmm. I've got a Lowe's right around the corner for me. We get those little flags and he likes putting them up and mm-hmm. he kind of likes to shame the neighborhood into putting out flags for Memorial Day because his grandfather's a vet. As he should. So we go over to Lowe's and do that. And that's why I like living just a few blocks away from a Lowe's because this is the weekend. They also have a whole bunch of s- sales going on. So if you need patio furniture, grills, and we have a pool. It's a first world problem, but I had to do some replacement of PVC pipe. Uh-huh. Go right there, whatever size you need, the primer and the cements and stuff to get it all glued back together and get the pool going for Memorial Day weekend. Nice. This is also the time people go on vacation. If you're like the average person, you're not just going away for a weekend, but you're going to take a week or more. It's not as simple as locking your doors. Right. And telling the milkman to stop delivering. <laughs> do they still do that anymore? I have no idea. When I went on a trip to Florida a few years ago, I really is the first time we'd gone on a trip that far away for that long. And I was worried. The main thing I was worried about was a water leak. But Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of things you need to consider before you vacation proof your house. What are some of those things? So uh, vacation proofing your home is is all common sense stuff. But uh, one of the main things you want to take care of the stuff that's alive first, meaning the plants and animals and uh you definitely want to make a plan. If you don't have someone to take care of your plants, then you need to make sure that they're not exposed to direct sunlight for six or seven days if that's something that they're vulnerable to. And like you mentioned, Lowe's, they've got some nice timer systems that you can rig up in just a few hours, and that should do the trick. You know, your pets, you, you definitely need to board or have a house sitter for your pets. Something that goes without saying is turn off all electronics. You know, unplug anything that might draw electricity because there's no sense in spending money on something that you're not going to use for a week. Um, if you have the luxury of shutting off your water main to your house, that's something that's a no-brainer but uh, definitely can eliminate the possibility of a pipe burst or just coming home to a disaster. A lot of folks do not have a water main that they can go turn perpendicular to the line and shut that thing off. Some folks have to go out to the meter and at the mm-hmm. front. They have a, a tool called a church key, which you can also buy at Lowe's, and that's something that you can just shut it off directly at the street if that's your only option. But Is that the big long T-shaped it thing? It is, yep. I know yep. what you're talking with about. A, okay. a, with a bite at the bottom. Yeah. If you don't have that luxury, you can just turn off the toilet supplies. You know, a toilet holds several gallons of water in the back tank and in the bowl itself. And so just turning off those toilet supplies, that could be something that would be a nice, easy, preventative maintenance thing. And you know, one thing you can do if you're going to turn off that water supply to your toilet, mainly it's the feed line Mm -hmm. that puts water in. That's a great time to look at the feed line. Mm, Good point. If it looks like it's worn out Mm -hmm. or if it has a little drip on it, they're not that hard to replace. And the ones I like getting are the flexible lines. You can screw them on each end. It's a very easy problem to uh, solve before you go on vacation. Yeah, that's great. If you still subscribe to a newspaper service, cutting that newspaper off or letting someone with the mail service know that you're not going to be there for a week, that it's not a complicated thing to do to keep an accumulation of those at your front door. A lot of times when people are looking for a house to potentially burglarize, the main thing they look for is an accumulation of that mail or a, a bunch of yellow wrappers holding a newspaper, and that mm-hmm. tells them that you're not there. And getting into that uh, burglary pre- prevention, it's a cheap thing to do to get a light on a timer. That's something that they sell everywhere now, and it taps into your Wi-Fi or it's just a timer that you can set so that a light comes on before dark every night. And if that just gives the appearance of someone being home in definitely a couple rooms of the house, I think that's worth it. At my personal house, we've done this thing that we touched on with the smart home devices. And I have 
two cameras and basically they tie into my Wi-Fi and there's no subscription service if you want to get 24 hours of video, but I pay $100 a year for the particular one that I have. It will keep an unlimited amount of video so I can research back two weeks if, if that's something I need to look for, but it's motion activated so it will tell me when someone walks through the door and I mentioned that we have someone that looks after our pets. I use it to make sure that he actually comes in and feeds and waters <laughs> my dog. So uh, it serves a dual purpose there and you mentioned earlier locking your doors and your windows. That sounds simple, but a lot of people just don't take the time to make that one pass around on the first and second floor and just check all your doors and windows. Maybe somebody else left a window unlocked and you didn't realize it, but it pays to take 10 minutes to make sure everything is secure. Uh, clean out your refrigerator. You know, refrigerators can go bad with bad meat in just a few days, and that's just something that needs to be done anyway that would be a wise thing to do before you take off for a week. Uh, if you trust a neighbor, give a key to a neighbor. In an emergency situation, you may need that house accessed. And be a little more creative where you hide your key if you're hiding <laughs> yes. one, because survey after survey, where do you think most keys are, spare keys? Under the mat. Under the doormat or the door frame right above it. Right. right now there's a lot of people going, oh, boy, they know where my key is. Yeah. Be creative where you hide it, where you'll remember it, but it's much easier if you just give your neighbor a key and let them hold it for you in their house. Another thing, and, and everybody needs to do this as well, but mow your yard before you leave. That's a good indicator that nobody's there if your grass is a foot tall and you don't want to come home to that and think you have work to do when you pull in the driveway. And uh, the last thing I'll say, and this is something my family and I have practiced for years, but my sister told us not to post anything on social media two years ago when we were on vacation. And mm-hmm. I thought, hmm, that's simple and it's genius because there are so many people who are smart enough to know where you live and they keep up with when you're there or not on your social media. So as hard as it may be for some of these teenagers not to post a picture at the beach, you just got to wait. You might think, well, my friends on Facebook or however you're keeping in touch with them wouldn't do anything. They have people that look at their accounts that also look at your accounts and just browse. And if they notice, hey, that house is in my neighborhood and they're 800 miles away, that's not a good thing. So we've had to do the same thing. My wife and my kids love to post those instant pictures Mm -hmm. and wait till you get back and say, we had a great vacation. Here are the pictures. I've got Time now to put them up that I'm back. Yep, it can definitely wait. Well, hopefully you'll avoid, we'll avoid some storms this summer, but they're inevitable. They'll be coming through. And as we start off the show, we talked about hail damage from storms and especially the ones that came through a couple weeks ago. The best part about Donnie is he is somebody who can look at your roof and determine if you've had hail damage. And there are a lot of hidden things that can cause damage weeks, months after you've had it if you don't fix it. What would some of those be? Well, when a legitimate hailstone strikes your roof, and if it strikes it in a 100 different places, those points of impact displace the the granules that you see. The asphalt granules are nothing more than a sunscreen, and that's the color that you see on your roof when you look at it from the ground. But the real roofing is the fiberglass mat beneath. And the way that manufacturers look at this, as well as the insurance companies, is did that mat get bruised? And... You know, if the mat got bruised and it's obvious, then they'll go ahead and pay for your roof in most cases. But the long-term damage, if they don't pay for it, is that those asphalt granules are displaced. When those asphalt granules are are displaced, that mat has exponentially more sun exposure than it had before the hailstorm. So what you'll see is the more asphalt granules wash off naturally over the next couple years, you'll have a polka-dotted roof Mm -hmm. after some time. So definitely good to find the coverage from the appropriate person, whether it be manufacturer or the insurance company. And that's just something that we like to take a look at, physically lay eyes on it before we give you advice on which way to go. 
So don't wait and think, well, my roof looks okay. You really need somebody to look at it, and Donnie can do it, and those assessments are free. Just visit SureTopRoofing.com. He has people that will get up on the roof. Don't get up on a roof if you're not comfortable doing it. And even if you could, you're not necessarily going to know what to look for, That what is damage. One or two years later, you're wondering why you might have leaking or a damage behind the walls, mm-hmm. and it could have led from a hailstorm. So if you saw hail in your yard and you saw damage to your mailbox or your car, there's a good chance you had something happen to your roof. So visit SureTopRoofing.com and let Donnie and his team come out there and look at your roof. Time for uh, questions next. And if you got a question you want to submit, go to the website, TheCarolinaContractor.com, and we're going to answer some of those next. Are you ready? I think so. Yes, sir. All right. Donnie's had his uh, energy drink, so he's <laughs> going to answer those questions next. So hang on. We'll be back with more of The Carolina Contractor presented by SureTop Roofing. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered. Welcome back to the Carolina Contractor. With your host, Donnie Blanchard, presented by SureTop Roofing. And it's my favorite part of the show, a chance to answer listener questions. Well, I don't have to answer them. Donnie's the brain here. I just get to read them to him. If you have a question about your house, it doesn't have to be just about roofing or something that SureTop Roofing can help you with. If it's uh, something inside, outside, foundational, the walls, any question, go to thecarolinacontractor.com. Look for where it says submit a question and put it right there. And every week, Donnie will read them. We try to answer a few of them, too. Are you ready to answer some questions? I am. But before we get started, I wanted to give our listeners a shout out. And I just really appreciate everybody sending their questions in week in and week out. And this is the lifeblood of the show. And really what makes this thing go by. And we have just gotten some really good questions, and we've had so many good guest hosts over the last several weeks that we haven't been able to cover everybody's questions. But today we have a question-heavy show. So what do you have, Eric? All right, question number one. We have a hairline crack in our chimney that spans about 12 feet. It doesn't seem to be getting worse. What should we do? So I I went out to look at this one last week, and this was a fairly new home, about 22 years old, and everything looked stable. But, of course, the hairline crack was a worry to the husband and wife living there. And basically, I looked all around the three sides of the chimney that were exposed. It seemed to be a diagonal crack for the most part, and that tells me that it probably came from settling. So the fact that the crack hasn't gotten worse in years and years tells me that there was some initial settling when the house was built because a a chimney is an enormous amount of weight. There's tons of brick and mortar and concrete that go into that, and that's not uncommon for settling. Where you want to be careful is if the chimney is actually pulling away from the house or if you have multiple cracks. So in this particular case, what we're going to do is we line them up with one of our masons, and that guy's going to go out and do a point-up is what they call it, and he just goes back in and adds mortar. And Of course, you want to keep an eye on that sort of thing, but we're going to pressure wash it, seal the brick in the mortar for those folks and then have the the mason do his thing and i think that we'll get them wrapped up pretty well the carolinacontractor.com that's where you go to submit your question like this one what kind of things should we look for around the house with summer approaching so i won't go into a lengthy checklist but one of the things that people tell me when they see me out and about is that they take our tips and they really run with it and hey we did that on our house and it worked great so it worked so well i did it on my daughter's house and that (laughs) sort of thing and that's very gratifying for me so a few of the high spots that I'll hit today is um, uh, this comes from personal experience, but are you familiar with the garage door motor and it has the little plastic 
cap with the light bulb in there. Right. Okay. So in my parents' house, I want to say around 10 years ago, my mother was walking in and out of the garage. She said, I smelled something burning just, just faintly. And she didn't give it any attention because visually you couldn't see any smoke or anything. And she just couldn't figure out what that was. Well, I guess that went on for about a week. And one day, of course, we get a call and, you know, there's smoke rolling out of the house and we thought the house was on fire. Mm. But what had happened was that a bird had built a nest in that plastic cover in the garage. So it would have been just as simple as pop that cover open like you were changing the light bulb, get the nest out, problem solved. But what she was smelling is that light bulb. Every time it came on from a motion sensor, it would burn that nest just a little bit until the day that the nest combusted and, and of course, melted through the plastic, and she had a 1977 Corvette with about 10,000 miles below that. And uh, the saving grace was that she had a really expensive car cover on the Corvette, and the car cover, uh, the expensive property was that the the cover itself would not combust. It would just smolder. Basically, that made the difference between a house fire and smoke damage. So smoke rolled all through the house, and they still had quite a bit of damage, but pop those plastic lids down and just check to see if there's anything in there. And did it set off a smoke detector by chance? Oh, yeah. But that was back before all the smoke detectors were all hardwired and tied into Wi-Fi like they are now. And, you know, no no one was alerted but the, the pets. So nobody was harmed, and they were able to get everything put back together. The insurance company did right by them. But that's just something that was totally avoidable. Speaking of smoke detectors, change your smoke detectors out every 10 years. A lot of people have no idea that that's a thing, but a smoke detector can get clogged up to the point where it's beyond cleaning. And if you push the test button and it doesn't act right, that's probably the cheapest insurance you can have for your house. So I tell people, pull the cover off. Inside that cover, it should tell what date that smoke detector was manufactured on. A neat trick you can use if it doesn't have anything in there is look at the date on the battery. So a lot of times these batteries are are dated and you can go by that. But if you know that the smoke detectors are 20 years old and you've made it this far without an incident, I would go this weekend, grab the smoke detectors to change those out, and you're talking about a two- or three-hour project, and you'll be done for another decade. So uh, last week we covered decks. I know that it's really common to see a deck that was constructed poorly, and last week the one that we looked at, of course, had nail connections instead of screw connections or a threaded connection Mm -hmm. to the house itself, and that's something that unfortunately is widespread. And I tell everybody, crawl under your deck, look at the connections, the structural components. Shoot me some pictures via thecarolinacontractor.com, and I'm happy to look at what you have and give you some free advice there. But this is post-pollen season. Change your filters out. We've commented on that several times, but that's a a really cheap and easy thing to do. Um, If you can afford it, have an HVAC contractor. Inspect your system. This is something that at least biannually, but annually for sure, needs to happen. And we commented on this when it got cold last winter, but reverse your fans. Your fans have a button on them that they turn one way to push the heat back down during the winter. You want those going the opposite way to keep that warmer air up top so it's not in the living space and and you're referring to ceiling fans ceiling fans yes sir. yeah i think i've installed five ceiling fans mm-hmm. if you have a ceiling fan that's gone bad or mm-hmm. you want to update it because it's got brass on it and mm-hmm. something from 1974 right ceiling fans are easy to do you just yep. how i do it is turn it on and if my breaker box isn't marked mm-hmm. i have my son yell until right. it goes off and it's a couple wires yep Usually it's an anchor system that hooks inside. When you take that old one down, you don't usually have to do anything. No drywall work, no new wiring. It's just hook it up, cap it, hang it, and you can have a brand new ceiling fan. takes about two to three hours max, and that would be a complicated one. Yeah, total DIY project, and an electrician is probably going to charge over $100 an hour to do exactly what you just said. So I think that's something totally doable and, and definitely big savings there. I love ceiling fans. We even have one on our back porch, which is just Ooh, screened in. Nice. But it's nice in that, like this weekend mm-hmm. with the hot weather we're going to have, just turn on the ceiling fan and sit out on the screened-in porch. It's a way to Breeze. live. 
All right, again, questions, submit them to thecarolinacontractor.com. This is a unique one, Donnie. What mm-hmm. special considerations are there for a new home with vaulted open beam ceilings when it comes to insulation and roofing? This is something that it took me years to get right or figure out the best way to approach this. But a lot of times when you see a vaulted ceiling, what that actually is is a scissor truss. So you have the rafter member where the shingles are on the exterior portion of that rafter and plywood, and then you have another member that it doesn't run parallel, but it still gives the appearance of a vaulted ceiling. And, of course, the drywall's on the underside of that, so it leaves a nice cavity for insulation. Right now, the current code is that you have to have an R38 for overhead insulation. So if you do the scissor truss, that solves everything. You've got baffles where it meets the sidewalls, and everything flows just like it should, and uh, it passes inspections just fine. This particular question, they wanted to know when the rafters themselves are exposed. They're calling beams what are actually the structural rafters for the roof system. So to achieve that R38, the only option you really have is to insulate on the backside. So you'll have these beams or rafters, and you'll be able to see those from the living space because they're exposed on the interior. On the outside of that, what you have to do is, depending on the amount of insulation you're going to add, you have to add a 2x4 or a 2x6 perimeter around the entire roof system. And what that does is holds in this insulation that we call polyiso. It's basically like a rigid foam board. And to achieve an R38, I want to say you have to have around six inches of that polyiso to to get the appropriate amount of insulation. So when you do the perimeter and the two by fours, whether it be double or triple, that normally gets your height and that that encloses the rigid foam insulation. Then you have to go with another layer of at least half inch OSB, maybe even thicker, depending on the type roof system you're going to install. And, of course, the beyond that, it'll just be the underlayment or ice and water shield and then the shingles. So you've got this six or seven inch cavity when you're finished where the insulation is on the outer portion of the roof, similar to a commercial application. But when it's all said and done, it looks fine. It trims out nice. You know, of course, you can turn the outside of those two by fours into what you would see as the fascia from the ground. And you'd never know it was in there. But that's about the only way you can achieve that. And I'll just say this as a disclaimer. Talk to your local municipality about it. There's something you can do called a res check where they take the R value of the total home insulation. And if that particular room with the raised beams is under 500 square feet, there's an exception you can have to not spend the amount of money that I just mentioned because even though that's the only way to do it, there's no cheap way around that. Hmm. Again, if you want to submit a question, go to thecarolinacontractor.com. Next one. Which remodeling or repairs are the biggest bang for the buck? And we're not talking about the small things you need to take care of or we just mentioned earlier, ceiling mm-hmm. fans. What's something that you might have to hire a pro for, but you get an excellent return on your investment? We had a really nice lady submit this question, and uh, I think what she was wanting to know is if I sink some money into my house, what am I going to get? What's going to be the best return on investment or where will I get this money back? So I'll hit on a few that you will get the money back on, and I'll – go over a few that you want to avoid if you're looking for ROI. Yeah. Okay, first things first is a room addition. So if the price per square foot is what it is in your area, then anytime you add a room addition, you know, you're going to get credit per square foot for that. So that's an easy one if you add a 12 by 12 room, you know, you're pushing 150 extra square feet at say $100 a square foot, you know, it's the the project cost usually coincide with what you'll gain on the back end, but the thing to always take into account is how long am I going to live here and am I going to enjoy this upgrade? So if you put this money into this just to sell it, then you're pretty much going to scratch because the amount you spend will be the amount you get back. But you're going to enjoy that room for five more years and it's going to make your house so much more livable and enjoyable. 
you probably knew I was going to say this, but a roof, replacing your roof supposedly adds as much as 7% to the total value of the house. And most houses are in the two to $300,000 range. So you can imagine if that adds about $20,000 to the value of your house, most of the time those roofs cost less than 10. So it definitely pays and it looks really good to get a brand new roof on mm-hmm. there if you're due. And I say only if you're due. We, we look at a lot of these and we pride ourselves in shooting our customers straight. If you have five more years on your roof, we're busy enough that we don't need that roof installed for next week. So we're going to shoot you straight in hopes that you'll call us back when you do. Um, a bonus room conversion is another one because the framing and the envelope is already there. Usually you're just talking a little bit of electrical, some flooring, drywall, and paint, and you're in there. So something that was unusable and did not get credit per square foot in your house all of a sudden adds that much value per square foot. So that's a good one. Uh, kitchen and bath remodels are a popular thing, but mm-hmm. what I tell folks all the time, don't go too overboard in your kitchen. If you put $30,000 custom cabinets in your kitchen, there's no way that an appraiser has – a software to account for the quality in the cabinets. He just says nice cabinets. <laughs> so, um, and that That's upsets a point. lot of people, but the truth is the truth. And, um, you know, a nice kitchen remodel will definitely add value to the house as well as the bathroom. And that's another one of those things that if you're going to live there for another five or 10 years, makes the house a lot nicer to live in. Now, Donnie, what about simple stuff that you can do? Cause those are projects that uh, you, you'll want to call a pro. Mm-hmm. Does uh, just changing something like landscaping or a coat of paint, is that going to be a good investment? Definitely. Yeah, landscaping and and painting the outside of the house are two things that are going to add quite a bit of value. And and as far as a a square foot number, when these appraisers come out, they're going to assign you to a square foot number that's comparable to the next or to the nicest house in that in your area. And so they're going to check on their list, high grade, medium grade, or low grade. And so definitely getting as many high grade categories as you can will be a big help. Uh, replacement windows. This is one of those things that's mm-hmm. kind of neutral. Uh, you're going to spend quite a bit on replacement windows. That will get factored in in a resale situation. But the one thing that it really helps on is the windows are so much better today than they were 20 years ago that you'll save a lot on your utilities. That's probably the number one thing other than adding insulation that will save you money on a daily basis. So uh, speaking of the insulation, you know, uh, the codes have changed to the point where overhead we got R38. Under your house, it's R19 is a minimum. And in most people's walls, it's an R15 is what is the minimum now, but most people have far less than that. There are ways to add insulation underneath the house and overhead are by far the easiest because those spaces are not conditioned. And so you can always blow extra insulation in the attic. And not to interrupt, but what are some of the things maybe, Donnie, that we should avoid real quickly in the last uh, few minutes we have. Yeah, um, so swimming pools. Swimming pools are wonderful. Uh, you don't get the money back that you put into the pool, and you can probably testify to this. <laughs> I can. Preach it, brother. Yeah, month to month in, in the summer, you know, you've got some money, and probably less money than you used to. You told me that the uh, pool that you have is pretty low maintenance and that they've got yeah, it is. And one thing I can advise pool owners, if you have a filter system that's on all the time, some people turn it on in late April, May, and they don't turn that motor off mm-hmm. until the fall when they close it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an electrician come in, and he put in a box to set up a timer. Mm-hmm. It's a commercial-grade timer. You can't put it on an extension cord. You had to hardwire it in. I only need to have it running 14 hours a day to do a full circulation. Mm. So I cut it off at night, less evaporation, lowered the bill by about 25%. Wow, that's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the other things, you know, sunrooms, you don't really get the money back. Sunrooms are pretty expensive. If you've ever priced one out, you know this. But um, accessory buildings like storage sheds and that type of thing, those don't really have a good 
return on investment, but they do serve the purpose for keeping all your junk out of the yard. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but uh, on that, on that note, a detached garage is definitely one of those things that is a good investment and you, you do get the return on that. So, uh, yeah, those are just a handful of things and maybe it would pay to contact an appraiser before you jump into a project and spend a lot of money. I want to try sneaking this last question because okay. I thought this was interesting. Yep. Are metal carports required to have a permit? Believe it or not, they are. And it sounds like one of those things that are, it's a small thing. And if you have to add a carport for any reason, or maybe you have an RV storage issue, uh, you definitely need to contact a local municipality before doing that. You know, just call mm-hmm. and ask them what the process is. The, the permit application is really simple. And the main thing that they're looking for is a ground attachment. Structurally, the people that provide these carports, they can give them a piece of paper showing how they were put together, but all they care about is how it's attached to that ground for uplift purposes when, you know, during a windstorm, if that thing's going to crumble or topple. And, um, on another note with that, I tell people all the time, if you're going to get a carport, ask about the paint warranty on the metal because the paint warranty that they sell in most cases is a 10 year paint warranty. It doesn't cost very much more to get a 40 year paint warranty on that metal. And it looks great right when it gets delivered and installed at your house. But in about five years, mm. that color is going to be faded to a complete different color. And I don't think you'll be happy with it. So a couple hundred more dollars gets you a much better paint system. All right. You got a question for Donnie? Go to thecarolinacontractor.com to submit your question. Got to wrap this show up. I uh, hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. And uh, again, if you had any damage or you suspect you had damage from the hailstorm we had a couple weeks ago, Go to SureTopRoofing.com, schedule an appointment. Donnie and his team can come out. It's a free evaluation. They'll let you know what's going on. And the best thing you can hear Donnie say is, your roof is fine. Don't have to (laughs) worry about that. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we will see you next Saturday at 3 o'clock for the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor, presented by SureTop Roofing. Brought to you by GAF Roofing, shingles and materials. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply and Garner, a roofing supplier with a different approach. Submit your questions online at thecarolinacontractor.com and tune in next Saturday as we continue to help make your home great again. Everything under your roof is important, so make sure your roof is up to the job. For over 20 years, SureTop Roofing has been covering triangle homes and businesses. SureTop Roofing is certified with all of the major shingle manufacturers, providing a 50-year non-prorated warranty. SureTop Roofing has estimators, project managers, and design consultants on staff, guaranteeing superior service. Visit SureTopRoofing.com. SureTop Roofing has you covered.